This is Quit, a podcast about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome. My name is Dan Benjamin. I am joined today, as usual, by Hattie Cook. Hello. How are you? Hi. I'm doing good. <laughs> good. It's a uh, lovely day here in Austin, Texas. We watched a cool uh, crane build stuff outside. Yeah, they're building a, I think we mentioned this before, they're building a parking garage Awesome. Next to our building for us to use. Just for me. Just for me and Hattie to use. Whole parking garage. Park, uh, and park it is, anywhere you want. It is fascinating to watch how it's it's um, one of these buildings that it looks like they're using prefabbed poured concrete slabs. Yeah, it's really interesting. They fit together like pieces in Minecraft or uh, Lego pieces or something. It's really like... They'll bring a wall in and then they use this giant crane that you can see all across Austin. Uh, They use this giant crane to lower down these huge pieces of poured concrete, whether they're walls or the the floor that you drive on. And they did do some like regular style concrete. I thought that's how they're going to do the whole thing. But once they had that foundation done, now they can put all this other stuff on top of it. Very much like like the way that uh, people are when they're building a business. You lay down the foundation. And then you put these pieces exactly. on top. That, yeah, I think I'm reaching really bad with that analogy. That's okay. But I do have a handful of links and articles and things to talk about. And uh, I want to start with a kind of weird one. There is a tweet uh, where somebody posted what looks like a newspaper clipping or something from a, a bio of some kind uh, about Mookie Wilson who, for people who don't know, I'll put this link in, into the show notes about him. Uh, if you were, I would say, born and raised in the 70s or 80s, uh, everybody knows uh, about Mookie Wilson, played for the Mets. The Mets were the enemy of my Philadelphia Phillies. And... uh so I, but I knew who he was, of course. Everyone knew who he was. He was the, the one that could steal all the bases. That's what we knew him for. But that's not what I'm, I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is this quote from him. And I'm just going to read this because it's amazing to me. He says, when I'm in a slump. Now, by the way, for people who don't follow baseball, a slump means you're just not hitting. Right, Hattie? I mean, you yeah, know, do, just, do everyone know what a slump is? It's not a slump where you feel like, oh, I'm just kind of... In baseball, in a funk. Right. In baseball, a slump means you, you just, you, you're not hitting. When I'm in a slump, I comfort myself by saying, if I believe in dinosaurs, then somewhere they must be believing in me. And if they believe in me, then I can believe in me. Then I bust out. He busts out of his slump. Now, I know that he, this is said in a humorous kind of a way, uh, and and I'm sure he knows that there's no dinosaurs around, but, and maybe this quote isn't even really his. Um, it's hard to know it's these hard days to know. on the internet. <laughs> it's hard to know, uh, but this comes out of uh, a, a another page where you can hear a lot of the other Mets players the article is called Favorite Dinosaurs of the Mets. <laughs> and so, I like that. so it, it, 
It has other people on the Mets, uh, including Daryl Strawberry. You want to hear what Daryl Strawberry said about the... For a long time, my mom used to make me go to bed early, and I would lie there using shadows on the wall to reenact the legendary combat between my left hand, the Tyrannosaurus, and my right, our Irish setter, Daisy. (laughs) Daisy was brave, but usually overmatched. I'd be screaming her encouragement. Watch the teeth, the teeth. They're long as bananas. But inevitably... That left hand would just sneak up behind her and gobble. Once, both she and the Tyrannosaur collapsed in, a death, uh, ag- in death agonies simultaneously. I was so excited. I yelled, a tie, Daze, a tie, girl. I tried to pull the real Daisy out from under the bed. I was dancing about the room, but the next night, wouldn't you know it, the Tyrannosaur would cut her in half with one snap of his jaws. I shook my limp right hand under the bed and said, bad girl. I'd say the point of this story is, that's why I became a lefty. Oh my God. None of so this makes I'll, any sense. I'll just, I'll put this into the show notes as well. You can go and read. There's a lot more there, but let's go back to the original, uh, the original quote about the dinosaurs and believing, because I think that all of these are, are for fun, but I'll tell you what, it actually could be turned into something where it makes a good point. And that is, a lot of the things that we do require us to have a certain degree of confidence, of belief in ourselves. And whenever you hear about these success, success stories from people, people who have succeeded against all odds and, uh, or, or, or done something that seemed impossible, people telling them that will never work, and yet they carried on, right? They right. continued to push forward. Where did they get that confidence or that belief in themselves? Sometimes it can be as silly as something like this. Like, I believe in dinosaurs. Guess what? Somewhere they must believe in me. That's pretty absurd. But a lot of the things that we do to convince ourselves of things, to get, our, uh, to, to get us into the right state of mind, to have the courage or the perseverance that we need to be successful, it has to come from somewhere. So, you know, maybe you need to believe in dinosaurs, Hattie. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I will. Where do you draw <laughs> your, uh, your inspiration and confidence when things are, are looking bleak and you feel like uh, maybe there's no end in sight? Where do you draw your inspiration from? Oh, you're asking me? This is a question for oh. you. Mm-hmm. I thought you were speaking, speaking uh, in a letting beautiful, the question. beautiful rhetoric yes. and just letting it stew <laughs> know, in the mind of the like, listener. I was like, that's really deep. Yeah. yeah that's really good. Yeah, I saw you just sort of nodding like, your head. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where do I? Uh, <laughs> you, Hattie. Hattie hmm. Cook. Where does she get it from? Well, I kind of hear my mom's voice in my brain saying like, come on, Hattie, just power through it. Like, <laughs> I think she's said that my whole life Yeah. about things, like if it was really hot outside or carrying something heavy or, you know, like little things like that. But I don't know. That's just, I always hear that in my brain whenever, you know, mm-hmm. especially during a workout or something like that where I'm like, I can't do another set uh-huh. or I'm just kind of, I'm going to kind of half-ass this last set or something like that. I'm like, no, th- no. What What would the benefit of that be? Power through it. You can do it. Like if you, you're a human. You can do it. <laughs> right. And a lot of people think. I was reading an article recently. I, I'd lost track of it, but they were talking in it about hard work. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy was in, in technology, and he's saying, you know, all of us who have like desk jobs, like 
we're working hard, but we're not really doing hard work at <laughs> no. all. You know, hard work is like you're out in the sun for 12 hours a day. Like these these people, guys, mostly awesome guys that are doing guys. this construction. Yeah. They're out there like lifting really heavy things all day long. And everything they're doing is also dangerous at the same yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's hard work. N- none of, nothing that we're doing. So let me this. I'll go back to my Burger email, King. My email, my sales emails are hard. No, well, they're not. <laughs> let me tell you, when I when I started my first job, uh, was at Burger King. And I applied to work at Burger King and I was not yet 13. Back in uh, these days in Florida, you could work when you were 13 years old instead of, I think, 15. Right. If you had permission, written permission from your parents, which I got from my mom. So I was 13 years old going to work at Burger King. Uh, and the point is... We didn't, we had enough money to survive, but we didn't have any money for me to actually get anything that I wanted. Right. If I wanted something that wasn't. You're like, I'm going to have to go out and. You know, we had, we had all the essentials. Yeah. I had clothes. But if I wanted any kind of money to do anything fun or any kind of extracurricular or anything like that, buy myself something, that wasn't, my mom was not in a financial position be like, to, yeah, to grab, that. grab that Spider-Man doll and just throw it in the cart. Right. <laughs> I mean, I had stuff. I don't want to make it seem like we had nothing. Right. You know, she, she did fine. But I always also understood that working and having a job was a step toward independence. And that uh, something my grandfather said to me when I was very young has always stuck with me. And he said, in this world... Money is power. But he went on to explain what he meant by that. He didn't mean having power over other people. What he meant very specifically was money is power in the sense that it gives you freedom. And freedom right. is the ultimate goal for most people, I think. A happiness, I would think, is, is a big goal when you say, what do you want? Most people are going to say they want happiness. But a component of that is, I think, freedom. And freedom that you don't have to really not play by others rules, but in the sense of like foregoing things that others might have to, because they might not have the means to not do it. Yeah. I I, (laughs) no, I understand exactly what you mean. I think for example, um, if, if you have a lot of money, you have the freedom to work or not. You have the freedom to work on things that you want to work on. A friend of mine uh, sold his business, made many millions of dollars, and was continuing to work for the company that had acquired the business. And uh, I, I don't, you know, very often when you do sell a business, the company that's acquiring it will say, we'd like for you to stay on. And then they usually tell you for how long. It might be six months. It might be a year. It might be more. While it transitions yeah. and stuff. And, and I'm sure that he had had some kind of agreement. But uh, maybe he didn't because when I asked him, I said, why are you still there? Like, why are you still there? He's like, well, I just, you know, I want to I wanna stay involved. I want to. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, but it's his choice now. But I, t- well, I told him, I said, I predict that in about two or three months, you're going to be fed up of dealing with bureaucracy and dealing with... <laughs> all the headache that comes back with basically having a job again. Right, you're not and you're not the yourself, one in charge right? anymore. <laughs> but you're working for somebody else and you're doing it on their terms. And 
And he's like, no, no, I really like it. I want to stay busy. I want to stay. I said, well, there's other ways to be busy. I said, but well, let's see. And he, he contacted me a couple months later and said, you were right. <laughs> I gave my notice. I'm going to be out of here in one month. I said, so it'll be three months then. He's like, uh-huh. You're like one month short. <laughs> no, he wound up doing exactly in the right amount oh, of nice. time because he, um, he agreed to stay another month. So. Oh, right. But, you know, it, it's, <clears throat> it's one of those things that you have that with, with a lot of money, you have the freedom to do the things that you want, to work on the things that you want. You have the freedom to say, uh, I don't want to do this thing anymore, or I don't have time to get groceries. I'll pay for a service to do it. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, there aren't other ways to spend, but I'm saying that the, the commodity of time being our one commodity we can never generate more of, people are, start to become willing to use their money to have that freedom, the freedom to do the things that you want to do when you want to do them. Uh, I was watching a, um, like a, uh, a TV show on Netflix and one of the characters in the show, and I'll leave this as an exercise to the listener to see if they can identify which show it is. There was one guy that recently gotten out of prison and he was talking about working really, really hard, you know, working 40 hours a week and didn't have enough money and, and was in debt and other things like that. And maybe that would lead him back into a, you know, another sort of heist or something like that. And, you know, again, this is the kind of thing of, of having the freedom to decide how to spend your time and where you want to be and, and what you can buy. You know, wealthy people don't care uh, about the situation with healthcare uh, in America, for example. It's irrelevant to them because, sure, they want insurance and they, they want, uh, you know, things like that. But the reality is if you have millions of dollars, mi millions of dollars in the bank, you don't have to worry about what your copayment is on your, uh, you know, on your medicine that you got to pick up. You don't, that's irrelevant to you. And once you get to a certain financial state, and I know a few people who personally who are at this kind of a level, it's not that they're going out and buying a car every week or having uh, or Chanel everything. No, or, yeah, they're, they're living comfortably, but they simply don't have those worries anymore. They don't have to worry, what will I do if I get sick? Or what right. if we want to... If a to, pipe bursts. Right. What mm -hmm. if a pipe bursts? And none of those things matter. It's not like, oh my gosh, how much is this costing me? It doesn't matter anymore. It's simply, oh, this thing happened. Well, let's let's fix it. That's the kind of freedom my granddad was talking about. P padding. Right. Yeah. And most of us don't have that. Most, Or most yeah. of us have some degree of it. Uh, and, and maybe it's just enough, but you know, most people who are considered, and I don't have, I don't have a, an article to back this up, but, uh, I know it's true. Most people, uh, who we would think of as having a lot of money, rich, rich people, people with big houses and expensive cars, uh, are living essentially paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. I've known many people like this where um, where they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, which, by the way, isn't even that much money when you're talking about real wealth. Um, right. Truly rich people are making that much uh, a day or a week. Right. But uh, but but people who have a, a wonderful salary, several hundred thousand dollars a year, time and time again, uh, I would discover that they were one paycheck away from losing it all. Right. And that's why you, you hear about, you know, celebrities and, and people that have either come into wealth very quickly and things like that, where it's like they filed for bankruptcy and all that stuff. And you're yeah. like, well, how did they get, how right, did they how do did that? that even happen? They were super rich. <laughs> how did that happen? 
So the importance of saving money. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let me tell you about uh, FreshBooks. To all the freelancers, and I think there are a lot of you, all y'all listening right now, if you could reclaim, we talk about time. Time is the commodity that you want more of. Anybody can generate more money if you work hard enough, but where does the time, the time, that's what slips away. What if you could reclaim 192 hours a month of your time, would you? Okay, I mean, and that's the question. Now, our friends at FreshBooks, they make uh, super easy to use cloud accounting software for freelancers. They're the architects behind this question for good reason. Because if you simplify tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, they, they have reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork. They've taken simplicity and speed to an entirely new level and added powerful new features. And if you're doing the math, 192 hours... That's two working days per month that you will get back into your life to do what you want with by using FreshBooks. They have an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all of my listeners. No credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com slash quit and enter quit in the how did you hear about us section. Supports the show, but it supports yourself. You're going to get that time back and you're now you're going to be invoicing like a pro. Two clicks, you can set yourself up to receive payments online. You can uh, take pictures of your receipts on your phone using FreshBooks mobile apps, and uh, that'll make your, claiming your expenses easier. And they've got it all. They've got a cool projects feature. They've got notification center, which tells you everything that's happened since the last time that you logged on. Like if you sent an invoice, you're going to see right in there in the notification center when the customer saw the invoice. And if they haven't paid it, you can have it send them an automatic uh, late fee reminder. All this stuff built in. They've thought of everything. Go check them out. Please do. It's a wonderful service. And we appreciate them supporting the show. Freshbooks.com slash quit. Let me see where to go to next. I got a lot of things in here. I know. Which one do I click on? I don't know which to tell you. All right. Here's, here's something. I got a lot to say about this. Which one is this one? This one is trickle-down workaholism. Aha. Uh-huh. This is a, a post on signal versus noise, which is, uh, we should just call this show the Jason Free, David Hanemeyer Hansen. Recap. Recap, because I actually have a couple, <laughs> couple things from them this week. Uh, but one of the things that uh, David Hanemeyer Hansen, who is, he's the creator of Ruby on Rails, he's the founder, co-founder of Basecamp, an author, other things like that. He has this long article, but I I jumped in to a point that I want to talk about on today's program. And he's talking about sleep, activity, and how people who are athletes treat this kind of thing. So here's here's a quote. People that can't, can't not, function right like they don't have just a desk job they have to go out and perform <laughs> so kobe bryant has a workout routine that has been called the 666 program which i'm not a fan of but he spends two hours running two hours on basketball two hours weightlifting for a total of six hours a day six times a week for six months um this is in the off season in the off-season, his goal is to get stronger, to get more agile, and conditioning himself. 
And he says it is one. Uh, the, well, he doesn't say this. They, the people writing this article, which are all going to be, by the way, they're all going to be in the show notes, five by five dot TV slash quit slash one one zero. They consider this to be one of the longest and hardest workouts in the NBA. And he does Olympic style weightlifting. He's doing track. And of course, basketball stuff. But if you think about this, and every day it's a little bit different. I, the whole routine is here. I'm not saying you should try and emulate this, but I'm getting to a point. So, for example, Hattie, maybe you'll know some of these exercises from your workout. This is his upper body bench press, lat pull downs, incline press, military press, bicep curls, iso hold push ups. I only didn't know two of them. Stiff leg deadlifts, Romanian deadlifts, clean pulls, lateral dumbbell raises, bar dips, tricep press downs. Yep, done all those. Back squats, front squats, <laughs> leg curls, leg extensions, calf raises, ab crunches. D- don't do a lot of that. Bench press, lat pull downs, incline press, military press. So each one of these things I've read, that's a different day. That's a different day. In addition to the two hours of track work, two hours of basketball skills, an hour of cardio. Now, it's unrealistic for anybody except a professional athlete to think about doing this kind of thing. Right. He's like a Ferrari or for, like a Ferrari or something that like runs at very high performance level. Sure. But the point is he's doing this in the off season. He's not sitting around on a sofa playing PlayStation. I'm sure maybe he does a little bit of that. So at the end of the day, after this kind of work, you're going to be tired, right? Well, they talk about the priority of sleep in this article as well. LeBron James says he gets 12 hours of sleep or more. Um, that's, you know, when that you hear... so wonderful. Right, it does. <laughs> and and when, you, when you hear, there's another article here called uh, Seven Sports Stars Who Get Plenty of Zs. I will forgive the publication and the author for using Zs. No one should ever use Zs. Just say sleep. Don't say Zs. It's not cute. It's stupid. Right. We're not writing teen bop here. Seven sports stars who get plenty of Zs. <laughs> but they say the more that you train, the more sleep. They also call it shut eye in the article. Just come on. Make it easy. Here's what I want you to do. I know. Just Anytime when you sit down to write an article, this is the thing I learned in, in I, I have a technical writing degree. The one thing my teacher pounded into our heads over and over again is using slang, using fancy terms, using longer terms doesn't make you a better writer. It doesn't prove your vocabulary. It confuses people. And they give up reading it. <laughs> it causes confusion or has the potential to. And you're saying, what? You mean I don't know what shut eye is? Don't call it shut eye. Just call it sleep. It's not funny. It's not cool. I don't want to have, I don't want to see an attitude in your writing. If I want an attitude in your writing, okay, I'll go read some uh, fiction. I'll read a novel. That's where that belongs. That doesn't belong in a report. Anyway, (laughs) shut eye. But they talk about the importance of a sleep schedule, of keeping a regular sleep. Of keeping a regular schedule and getting a full night's sleep. Now, not everybody needs the same amount of sleep. 
But unless you've tried to get more sleep or done with less sleep or shut eye, <laughs> then you don't actually know what you need. There is this thing out there that says everyone needs at least eight hours of sleep and should go to bed at 1030. That's total BS. Yeah, that does not work for everyone. <laughs> Just like everyone's temperature is not 98.6 normal. Some people might be 99. Some people might be 97.5. That's just an average of this one. They did one survey or study of about 100 people back, I think, in the 30s or 40s. Maybe it was even before that. And based on that, they just took an average of all the people's temperatures and 98.6 was in the middle. No, that's a safe number because what that means is if yours is 98.8, you don't have a fever. If it's 97.8, you don't have a fever. You know what I'm saying? Like they're trying to, but it's different for everybody. So in order to know what your own temperature is, normally you've got to take a baseline of that. If you're really curious about this, you can take your temperature several times throughout the day, two, three, four times a day. And do that for about a week and write it down and, and then you'll get your, to see what your average is. Your basal tem- temperature. Sure. And then what it's called. Why not? And, <laughs> you know, so Kobe Bryant is doing this crazy workout. LeBron James getting 12 hours of sleep. Well, they know what they need. But how much do you need? You don't know. People tell you it's eight. Maybe for you it's nine. Maybe for you it's seven. But you need to find out. And once you find out, you need to practice that, getting that sleep religiously. This needs to be your thing. And you know what? When you're in college, yeah, you can stay up late and go out and do all that kind of stuff. But once you get into a routine and you become adult, an adult, and you start. Your day starts at a certain time. At a certain time. Yeah. <laughs> people are like, oh, I'm going to sleep in on the weekends and I'm going to sleep till 1030. And you're, you're, like, you're, you're not going to be able to. <laughs> because guess what? It, even if you can, that night, you're not going to be tired at the usual 11 o'clock when you're ready right. to go to sleep or whatever. Then that messes you up on Sunday. Right. And then you're messed up on Monday. And that's why people are like, oh, I hate Mondays. I hate going into work on Mondays. That's because you completely screwed yourself up. And getting too much sleep can be bad for you too. Yeah. If I sleep too long, like if I really let myself go sleep as long as my body can sleep, I start to feel, I wake up and like my back hurts and yeah. then like I kind of feel sick kind of because I've been in the bed for so long. I'm like, I have to get up now. <laughs> you know, a lot of people that we think of as being um, very successful or important, they all have, you know, a schedule that they stick to. So here's one from Darwin. Have you heard of Darwin? Oh, I have. After his morning walk and breakfast, Darwin was in his study by 8 and worked a steady hour and a half. At 9.30, he would read the morning mail and write letters. At 10.30, Darwin returned, home, returned to more serious work, sometimes moving to his aviary, greenhouse, or one of several other buildings where he conducted his experiments. By noon, he would declare, I've done a good day's work, and set out <laughs> on a long walk on the sandwalk, a path he had laid out not long after buying Down House. When he returned after an hour or more, Darwin had lunch and answered more letters. At three, he would retire for a nap. Yep. An hour later, he would arise, take another walk around the sand walk, and return to his study until 5.30 when he would join his wife, Emma, and their family for dinner. On this schedule, he wrote 19 books, including technical volumes on climbing plants, barnacles, and other subjects, The Controversial Descent of Man, and The Origin of the Species, probably the single most famous book in the history of science, and a book that still affects the way we think about nature and ourselves. 
He had a good schedule. I like the nap in the middle of the day. Yep, I got think three the Spanish nap. Spanish have it down. Mm-hmm. A little siesta. Um, <laughs> yeah, I th- I just think that that's the way to go. I think I think our brains need a little extra sleep sometimes. You know what? And he was he was able to get a lot done. Yeah, he was. He was able to get a lot done. Speaking of which, another article from Inc. Again, talking about uh, you would think all I do is read. Uh, about Jason Fried, but I, I sometimes read other things. But they say Basecamp CEO, that's Jason Fried, limits himself to 40-hour work weeks. We talked about this last week. Yep. I'm not going to go too much into this, but I put the link in, in the show notes if you want to read it. Uh, but some of the measures that he puts into place in order to encourage a better balance is that everybody, even the CEO, should work no more than 40 hours per week. He says to his employees, we don't want you to work any more than that. He says, Basecamp has done away with useless meetings and required events that eat into employees' working time. Coworkers don't have access to each other's calendars. (gasps) What? He says, that's the most bankrupt idea. If you can see other people's calendars, you can take other people's time and then nobody owns their own time. And then in the summer, they have Fridays off. I think that's really cool. I don't get any ideas. But <laughs> it is it is it is a pretty cool idea. Employees get 30-day paid sabbatical every 3 years. They fund hobbies whether or not they relate to your job. They have paid vacation days and they'll actually pay in some cases for your time away. They offer 16 different trips allow team members who've been there for at least a year to choose a getaway and they can bring their families along. That's so cool. You know, when you have a company like theirs, it's doing approximately $25 million revenue and has 50 employees. Right. You actually have money to spend on your you employees. Can do that. Yeah. But none of those things are that expensive when you think about right. it. But, you know, finding that balance for yourself between how much work you do and here's something i'll tell myself at night when i'm like ah i want to stay up a little later is that the small win i'll have for myself from staying up a bit later (laughs) right isn't worth the big win i'll have tomorrow if i get a good night's sleep wake up feeling good wake up feeling even better yeah i don't need as much sleep as many i know i need much less sleep than you hattie yeah i i'm still working on trying to figure out how much sleep i need it's 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 a it's a hard life (laughs) yeah really tough yeah but i think i'm like 10 hours i feel like that's like that's your goal that's your ideal no that's just when i kind of if i like go to sleep on a friday night at like 10 30 or 11 on saturday morning my brain typically wakes up around like nine your brain wakes up yeah what about the rest of you that's later (laughs) That's after I'm already standing up. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, pretty much all of my life, I've enjoyed going to sleep around 11, 1130 at the latest and, uh, and usually waking up 7, 730. If I never had anywhere to go again, I could go anywhere I wanted, anytime I wanted. You're the type of person that doesn't need really an alarm clock or anything. No, I, I, I'm almost always and have been my whole life waking up around the time that my alarm would be going off. But I'll I'll wake up before the alarm typically. See, I I there was a time there where I was waking up like five minutes before my alarm. I was like, oh my god, this is the coolest day ever. Yeah. But 
uh, no, I've always needed not Lots one, alarms, right? but like 15 alarms <laughs> and sometimes like a mechanical metal alarm clock across the room. But then I learned that I have the power, the willpower to sleep through that. So mm. it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I honestly would, I w- if I had my choice, I would trade with you. Uh, because, mm. well, here's no. what I like. Here's what I like. It makes you late to things. Yeah, you are late. Yeah, and it makes you not want to get up to do things, and then it makes you waste like half your day because mm. you were asleep for the first half of the day. And but I'll just, tell you what, sucks. I love the idea of uh, sleeping in, and I that's not really something, like a lot of people... Right, you can't just choose to be like, today, I'm going to sleep in. Right, like let's say let's say that you go to sleep at your, what'd you say your regular time was, 11? 10, 30, 11, Okay, yeah. let's say you go, you're in bed, you're asleep at 11. Now, tomorrow morning, you might wake up when your alarm might normally go off. What, 6.30, I'm guessing? Mm, yeah. Okay. You might open your eyes at 6.30 and say, oh, right. oh it's, it's Saturday. Saturday. I don't have to wake or up I've now. Or I've been smart and not set my alarms. Right, but I'm time. saying you might, you might <laughs> yeah. open your eyes. Right. And you can say, oh, good, it's Saturday. Turn over and you sleep another three hours, four hours. I could go for another six. Right. <laughs> for me... If uh, that normal time to wake up, I'm now I'm up. I'm up now. Right. I can't. I'm, Once you're even slightly awake, you're awake now for the rest of the day. There are, there are days, some days where I can turn over and get a little half hour, hour of extra sleep until I really need to be up. That has happened to me. That And sometimes I get in a, uh, out of, in a, in a run where I can do that. Yeah. And that's good. Like force yourself to go back to sleep. Right. Yeah. But, but typically for me, yeah, especially if it's around the time that I'm normally waking up at 6.30 or whatever. If I open my eyes at 6.30, I think, well, I'm up now. I would love that. Well. <laughs> I could get not so if much you, done. Maybe if you didn't have a choice, you, you wouldn't. That's but, true. You know, the, but the thing is, everybody needs to find out what the right answer is for themselves. But then once you found that out and you're feeling, that's, and knowing that you have the right amount of sleep is, you wake up feeling refreshed. Uh, you have good energy throughout the whole day. You get tired at about the same time every night. And when you lay down to sleep, you fall asleep relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. That's how you know that you're getting good quality sleep and you're getting enough sleep. If you're waking up feeling tired still, or if you find that you're having that dip in the afternoon, about three, o'clock. three o'clock dip, maybe, maybe you're not getting enough or the right quality of sleep. Getting better quality of sleep might also mean that you need less sleep. Right. I tried less too. before. Um you know, back in my college days mm-hmm. when it was be, when it would be like, oh, I got four hours of sleep last night. I'm going to feel horrible tomorrow. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh, not that bad. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, that's college for you. Now. Yeah. Now I don't know what would happen. <laughs> I don't really want to test that. <laughs> um, but yeah, every once in a while, like if I have a, a weird night, like the moon is full or something that happens. A lot you know what? To me. The same thing happens <laughs> to me. Makes me. The same thing late. happens to me. Really? If, if there's a full moon and it happens to my boy, too. I will lay there and toss and turn for like four hours before I go to sleep. Sometimes my son will be like, like I'll, he usually goes to sleep around eight. He'll be like 830 like that. He'll come out of his room. I'm still up. And I'll say, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'll help him go back to nine o'clock. Still awake, dad. You know, I'll try and help him. Um, Every time he does that now, it's like two or three days before the full moon. That's really interesting. But once like the day of the full moon hits, he's fine. The, the, um, in high school, I remember I wouldn't, I wouldn't even get an hour of sleep on the full moon nights. I would just lay there and the, the light would just pour into my room and I'd be like, oh my God, please just let me go to sleep, please. (laughs) I couldn't do it. 
<laughs> Let me tell you about our second sponsor. How do you want you take this one? You take it. What? No. You take it. No. Run with it. We'll do it together. It's Pitney Bowes Send Pro. Send Pro is awesome. They yeah, can they run. Are. They can run with that. They what is Send Pro? Send Pro is Pitney Bowes system. Their platform. Their website that lets you ship stuff. That's what it does. That's what they're about. And you're thinking, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, yeah, like I've heard stamps.com. I'm, I'm just going like, to go whatever. with them. You can go with stamps.com if you'd rather pay, uh, uh, let's see, three times more. Yeah. And uh, if you enjoy paying three times more, maybe maybe you would want to use that. And But why would you? Why would you? Because they have three times the features. Three times the features, one third the price. So here's some of the things you can do with SendPro, Hattie. Tell me all about it. You can print stamps from your computer. Cool. So what does that save you? Time. Yep. What else? Money. Yep. You don't need any special equipment to do this. You don't need to like go to the post office they ever again. They give you the power of the post office. That's right. It lets you compare shipping rates and delivery times between USPS and the other major carriers. So you're always going to get the best deal. You can print uh, paid shipping labels for USPS, UPS, and more. And you can track your shipments from the same easy-to-use interface so you're not chasing down from site to site to site. Oh, wait, where? I got to go here to track this package and here to track... No. And they have negotiated special rates for SendPro users. St- savings start at $0.03 cents per stamp. Ah, crazy? Stamps are expensive now, so that $0.03, cents, that'll carry you a long way. It will. pb.com slash quit. That's the place to go. Again, P b.com slash quit to learn more. When you sign up with that URL, you're going to get SendPro for free for 90 days, which translates a long time. to approximately three months. <gasps> three, three, three. That's right. You're going to get a, a, a free 10-pound scale, and the jury's out as to whether the scale Fails. weighs 10 pounds <laughs> okay, or, or it is designed to weigh things to. that are up to 10 pounds. I feel like it's the latter, Yeah. but what if it's both? What if it is a scale that weighs 10 pounds and weighs things up to 10 pounds? Have they sent us a scale? I think it's in the mail somewhere. Well, I want that scale. Me too. I want it bad. And I'm going to weigh the scale, scale. but with what? Couldn't you just flip the scale upside down and let it weigh itself? That might be uh, either the best or the worst (laughs) idea I've ever heard, but I don't know which. They're going to have, but you know what? When we get their scale, we'll I'm do it. flip it upside down. Can you do both? <laughs> I know. I thought of that the other day. I felt smart. <laughs> Would it take into account the top part of the I scale? Don't know. I have no idea. Gravity? Oh. We need them to send us two scales. One to <laughs> weigh with and them. one to, to weigh. I like that. When your free trial's over, you keep the scale. Right? You keep that forever, right? They can't reclaim the scale. They show up, they're in like, you know, the lab coats and they're like, sir, we need your scale back. No. Like, no, please just let me have it. Well, you get a 10 pound scale. You get uh, SendPro free for 90 days and you get you get it for only $5 a month instead of fifteen ninety nine a month from stamps.com. $5 a month. It's way better. These guys invented shipping. You're going to have to trust me on that. PB.com slash quit. It's a place to go. Thanks very much to Pitney Bowes SendPro for sponsoring this program. I almost said Bows. I know. I want to say Bows every single time. Pitney Bows. Like the bow of a ship. Or Bowser from that show when I was a kid. 
or take a bow on stage. Mm-hmm. Shoot a shoot a, a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Find another one here. Okay, so let me let me just wrap up this sleep thing. You got Darwin sleeping. I love his schedule, and I want his schedule. His schedule's awesome. Take a take a walk on the beach. That sounded like he was going for a walk on the beach, or is, did I just put that on? I him? don't. I don't know what you did. <laughs> um. There is a there. If you if you ever Google um, Benjamin Franklin's no relation Benjamin Franklin's schedule. <laughs> oh yeah, what'd he do? Um, there are people who have tried living a day according to Benjamin Franklin's schedule as if emulating the schedule will somehow bring the same success, the same. So what he has is he has mapped out on a sheet of paper. Let me, maybe I can even link to this image. Um, the 24 hours in a day. And so I'm going to read you some of the things that he does on the left hand side. It says the morning question what good shall I do this day? Oh. Okay. So Starts out the positive. evening question is, what good have I done today? So at 5 a.m., actually this goes from 5 until 7, rise, wash, and address powerful goodness. Ooh. <laughs> Contrive day's business and take the resolution of the day. Prosecute the present study and breakfast. You can't miss breakfast. (laughs) From 8 until 11, work. From 12 to 1, read or overlook my accounts and dine. 2 to 5, work. (laughs) 6 to 9, put things in their places, supper, music or diversion or conversation, examination of the day. And then from 10 to 4 a.m., or I suppose to 5, sleep. One of the things that really stands out to me, and I'll, I'll put this in the- uh, The whole day is very conscious. Oh, that's such a good way to say it, Hattie. But he ends his day with examination of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, how many of us set aside actual time, set aside to contemplate the day and if we did something effectively? Now, if you think about it, let's say that you're, you've got a, a company and you're thinking about doing some advertising and maybe you're really, really smart and like super smart and you realize you should advertise on this program or one of the other lovely podcasts on 5x5.tv. Email Hattie at 5x5.tv for information. What? <laughs> uh, let's say that you want to advertise. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to spend some time thinking, okay, what aspect of my business would be best to promote? How do I want to advertise the business? Then you're maybe going to write some copy, uh, whether it's for you know a Google ad or a podcast ad or whatever. You're going to write something. You're going to then uh, put the campaign out there and you're going to do what? You're going to measure the campaign. You're going to look at it and say, what did this do? Did we, did we make money? Did we lose money? Did the advertisement help our business? And in what way did it help or didn't it help? And if it didn't work, why didn't it work? Was it the copy that we chose? Was it the timing and placement of the advertisement? Was it the medium that we used to advertise it? Was it the program that we picked to advertise on? Uh, or is it, you know, was it the wrong audience, the wrong demographic, or was it simply no one cares about our service and, and we need to go to a completely different place and audience to do it? You know what I'm saying? We need, you need to examine that. You need to study that. Everything that you do should be examined and studied. And imagine how much more efficient and how much more effective you would be if you spent 
uh, a half an hour, an hour out of the day, looking back on the day and saying, here's what I did right. Here's what I could have done better. Here's a way that I could have been more effective. And even if your days are full, mostly with fun activities, even a weekend day, why not look back on the day and say, here are the things I really enjoyed about what I, gosh, I really enjoyed being with uh, my uh, daughter. I took her to such and such a place and it was wonderfully fun. And you know what? I want to make sure that I set aside time to do that with her once a week, every week from now on, because it was so rewarding for both of us. You might know that, but that's very, knowing it in the back of your mind is very different from actually noting it and, well, and making that examination. If you're, if you're busy li- experiencing that moment when it's happening, you're not thinking about how you're enjoying it in that moment. You're just in, you're there, you're in the moment. So I think taking time to reflect and letting yourself feel those emotions towards something that had happened that day, I think that's really positive. And I think you'd learn a lot about yourself too. Very good point. But you know what he also does? He sets aside time to work. He also sets aside time just for himself. Where he, where he actually has his schedule around the fact that he needs some alone time or he needs some time to just think. How many of us take that kind of time? Um, I forget who, who was I talking to. Let me fill our time. Up. I was I was talking to a friend of mine uh, yesterday, and I was late. I was running late for my workout yesterday morning because there was some kind of uh, there were two lights out adjacent to one another on one of our main two where two of our main roads intersect with one another. I was leaving to go to the workout, and I left a little bit early, five ten minutes early, because I thought, you know what, I'm going to get a, a jumpstart on the day, get everything kicked off a little bit early. What normally takes me about 15 or 20 minutes uh, drive took um, more than 45 minutes because of these lights out. No other way to get there. And that's all right. And what I do, I just drove. And my friend said, oh, I bet you got to listen to a bunch of good podcasts or whatever. I said, no, no, I actually don't listen to podcasts when I drive. And she said, oh, just music. I said, no, I listen to nothing. And she thought I was kidding. Um, But I actually wasn't kidding. When I'm driving, that's not when I like to listen to podcasts or music or things. That's the one time that I get where I'm actually (laughs) on my own. I was going to (laughs) say. And have no distractions. And in fact, I can't really be distracted. Why? Because it's not safe to text and drive. So I'm not going to look at my phone very much. Uh, If I do, it's for a moment at at a stoplight when I'm not the first one. And this is a time for me to just, I look around. I will, unless it's really hot outside, I'll open the windows while I drive. I'll look around. I'll take things in. You'll be present. I'll be present and just think. Now, I don't want any of you to get the idea that you should do that instead of listening to quit. That's stupid. But <laughs> on the days that the, you don't have a quit episode or another episode from yeah. a five by five podcast see to what, listen to, see how it feels to just drive with just windows down, quiet, right. just the sound of the wind and other cars around you. Like, what is that like? Like, oh my gosh. And that's the whole thing is this culture that we're in. God forbid you don't have something to read or watch or, or listen at, to or yeah. look at or a person in front of you to talk to or somebody to call or somebody to text or an Instagram uh, you know, th- uh, 
feed to, to look at. How, imagine how much of a waste of time it would be to just drive your car without doing anything else, without even putting the radio on. Back to multitasking from last week. I right. feel like we all try to multitask and we really shouldn't when we should just be doing one thing. Um, and again, what I was going to say was I feel like no one, no one stops to think about what they've done in the day because we're too busy filling it with time on our phones or on the computer right. or on watching television. And because I don't know, we just don't like not being entertained in some exactly. way. That's exactly <laughs> right. And you know, our brains being stimulated. We need like, why with, can't we stimulate our own brains <laughs> without that time to reflect and really think about what has happened in the day? You don't really learn anything because you don't really retain right. anything that's happened. If you're, if you go through something and don't really process it and don't give yourself time to think about it, it vanishes. And Giving yourself that time, that doesn't mean you have to sit through every minute of every day, but asking yourself that question that's, that's on his schedule, what good have I done today? You don't have to ask that particular question, but what have I accomplished today? You have today? to do it in Old English. Yeah. <laughs> what have I accomplished today? What happened today? What are the things that are my takeaways? Right. A Did lot I of, do anything that I felt good about? Yeah. Uh, or bad about. Or bad about that I need to, ooh, I should have really left a little bit earlier i made that person wait little things like that writing things down writing those things down is a huge huge help and people generally don't write stuff down i think as much as they should right and you know and i think because it seems i don't know maybe it seems a little bit like oh i'm not so pretentious that i need to journal about my super important day you know at work behind the register or whatever but you know what yeah it it it's useful to write things down because it helps you, it helps turn those thoughts into something concrete and mm-hmm. it helps you articulate those things and take them from vague concepts to tangible, concrete ideas. Because once you're thinking about, you can think about something in a lot of different ways, but you don't really know how you feel about it until you write it down because I right. don't think you'd write down anything that you don't 100% feel or believe. Right. Or once you see it written, you go, well, I don't feel that way. Like, yeah. why did I think that in my brain (laughs) yeah you know i was going through uh i was purging one of these we have this sort of closet area upstairs and in it's like a closet within a closet have i told you about the hobbit hole yes your secret hobbit hole (laughs) so in our upstairs master closet there is a little door a half half size door and if you open the and it has like a different doorknob on it it's got like a gold doorknob on it all the other doorknobs in the house are unified and don't look that way and just this one has a gold doorknob and you go down in there and there's like a little ramp that goes down into it (laughs) and it's the the ceiling is angled because it's the shape of the outside wall and there's like a like a pipe going through it i don't know what oh nice you know and uh are your kids in there literally all the time? No. Because I would be. And it's finished. <laughs> it's fully finished off. Like it has a carpet, but it's the old carpet for the house, not the current carpet. Uh, and, uh, but like the walls are painted and everything. Alternate reality in there. Anyway, we had had a whole bunch of junk in there and I don't like that. So I went through it and I purged, you know, three or four boxes worth of stuff. Nice. And one of the things I found in there were these old notebooks where I had done some of this stuff we're talking about now or things, observations I had made and other things about the day or whatever. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, 
Like this was a really neat time capsule of this is what was right. going on at that time. These are the things I thought were important. These were my takeaways from that. And that's an interesting record. You don't have to write down, you know, every single Made detail breakfast. of your life. Yeah, right. you don't have to write that down. <laughs> but like, what was your takeaway from, from the day? Did something important happen? Did what are the conclusions? Anything? What did you learn? What did you learn? What did what you did learn? You learn? What did you learn? What did you find? Somebody on the Daily Dot says, I lived a day according to Benjamin Franklin's schedule and it changed my life. <laughs> I want to do it. Tim Gosling did this back in September of 2014. And uh, he, his question was, uh, would a 222-year-old daily routine still work? And he says, what follows is my experience with the routine Franklin recommended in his 1791 autobiography. And uh, what what this person did is they sort of modified it a little bit. To make it probably a little bit more modern. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't easy because, um, well, I'll, I'll read you a snippet of it. He says, the 5 a.m. wake-up time was gnarly, <laughs> which where I come from, gnarly was good. Gnarly yeah, is like, what you use to describe the waves. Yeah, like gnarly right. surfing, man. But the rest of the morning routine was great because it removed all traces of my usual morning rush. I had more time to brush my teeth, floss, don't usually do that, don't judge me, and pick out a pretty fly outfit. I guess this is the way people talked in 2014. <laughs> I took contrive day's business to mean I should set out some goals for the day and prosecute the present study as me setting up a clear plan on how to accomplish them. I set four work goals and three personal goals, including one to give out three compliments to satisfy the good today portion of the schedule. Oh. I never set goals for individual workdays, so this aspect was welcome. Uh, he goes on to, to detail some of it, you know, working from, from 8 to 12. Um, he found that he was tired. He needed coffee because he wasn't used to waking up so early. Five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he says, Franklin was a successful businessman, so I imagine he had more legitimate accounts to manage than I do. <laughs> right. What is it? Look over your bank statement. <laughs> <laughs> I used this time to examine the accounts I had, my bank account and my social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, That's, Instagram, yeah. and YouTube. <laughs> this involved wishing people happy birthday, purging some friends, and throwing some retweets and likes out there. This was Im immensely satisfying. I felt like I was assessing my small dominion of the online variety. After all, what accounts do we really have these days? As for the eating, I tackled a Titanic burrito and dreamed of adding Burrito Baron to my Nacho King title. However, the nicest part of this time block was the reading because I felt like it recharged my brain. He actually took time out to, to read, read in the middle a of his fictional day. type thing in the middle That's of his so day. That's so nice. Uh, well, and it's a bit of an escape for your brain too. Like, oh, I'm working, working, working. Now you're reading fiction. Your brain's like, whoa, I'm totally thrown off. <laughs> he says, even when I'm not following Franklin's guidance, I usually tidy up, eat and relax when I get home from work. So none of that felt new. However, the examination of the day part was rewarding. I reflected on the personal goals I accomplished and the one professional goal I didn't. I then wrote new goals for tomorrow and made an action plan on how to accomplish them. As for the evening question... <laughs> I found it similar to morning's reflection on powerful goodness. And then it was very Zen. Don't get me started on Zen. That's not what Zen is. I had done good and given out my compliments, but just the mere act of reflecting on that good made me evaluate how I wanted to live the next day. It was kind of powerful. Um, he does not answer if he continued to spend his day that way or if it was a one day experiment. But I think a modernized version of this would be very, yeah. very beneficial. Like yeah. something that I do, I was told by my trainer that 
I am in in order to main listen. I don't brag, <laughs> but I have I like I'm most podcasters. When you think of a podcaster, I don't want to paint the picture of what a real podcaster is because we'd lose listeners. Right. But let's just say they're not at peak physical fitness. Let's say that. Is that safe to say? I think it's safe to they're say. They're not, as, as a whole, they're not peak performers physically. Mentally, yes. Yep. Physically, there's a lot of sitting involved. Well, that, as it is normally with podcasts, and there's a lot of sitting, there's a lot of time on the computer. A lot of staring at a screen. Yeah, maybe your eyes might not be that great. I exercise every single day. My trainer told me, she said, Dan, you need to do something every single day. And that's not just to lose weight, but you get to a certain point where you you emerge from your early 20s into your late 20s and beyond, and you realize, wow, what I eat actually matters. <laughs> My metabolism is slowing down. Right. Um, how much sleep I get matters not just for the next day, but for a longer period of time. How I feel overall and the kind of care that I take and what I put into my body and what I do, all of those things have a cumulative effect Mm -hmm. in a way that they never did when you're 22 years old. When you're the perfect 22, and 22 is the perfect age, I think, physically, (laughs) physically, mentally, no. No, Mentally, at 22, no. you're, no. It's like a box of confetti. You I feel like know. the perfect <laughs> mental age, you don't even get into good mental age until your mid-30s. Then you, things or start to after that. make sense. Start, yeah. Things are, right, things starting to form. I think about f- late 40s, early 50s, if you look traditionally at when the biggest breakthroughs have been made in science and, oh, and yeah. elsewhere, it's always in that what we think of as like, like middle 35 age. 35 to 55. To 55. You're doing your <laughs> yeah. best work at that time period. Uh, but physically, you can shake things off real quick when you're 22. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're, uh, I was I'm watching proof of that. <laughs> I was watching a show uh, where they show the, one of the main actors and he's like out, he's, he's drinking, he's doing cocaine, he's oh. doing some other kind yeah. of thing in a... I don't know. In the you know, it wasn't crack. It was the guys like, "What's in here?" And the other guys like, "Something good." Like he wouldn't even say what it was. <laughs> and and like the next day, he's just out doing his job. He's just doing his job at the regular time. And the next morning, I'm like, "No, he." And he's he's probably in his mid late forties in the show. Right. You're like, no, no, no. I can tell you, <laughs> staying up past midnight wouldn't even make you right. be this good the next day. Four, four drinks and staying out to <laughs> and staying up to midnight and having four drinks and a slice of pizza. You're not that good the next day. Right. So, you know, uh, like all of those things, you you have to pay attention to that and you have to see where you're going with that. And you have to, you have to be aware that these little things that used to not affect you start to affect you. But giving yourself that time, that room to, to sort of breathe and expand your awareness a little bit, think about the day, think about what you did, think about what you want to do, how could you do it better? It's... It's about time that you start paying attention to those kinds of things because, you know, like, again, for me, my trainer saying, I need to do something every day. I don't, I don't want to hear that. Right. I, I want to work out when I feel like I want to work. Why isn't, why isn't working out really hard in the gym three times a week enough? Well, guess what? It's not enough. And right. does it mean you could do six days a week? No, it means seven days a week. For me to now go from the point, if I want to improve at all, and not feel any pain anymore. Right. 
If I want to improve, I'm not talking about maintaining. If you're super happy with your current health right, and you just want to maintain, you probably could get away with not doing something every day. But if you're going into an office, if you're spending time inside, indoors, even standing, but sitting is even worse for hours a day, you need to be doing physical activity every day. So what do I do? I, my main activity is rowing, full body workout. It's, you're still building a lot of strength. You're still getting great cardio, um, but it it qualifies as a lower impact uh, compared to something like running. So if you have- It's better on your joints and things like that. Right, if you have joint issues and things like that, which unfortunately I don't, but if you do, um, it's, it's fine to do for that. It doesn't take up. Yes. Thank you. I'm not a doctor. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Ask your doctor first before you do anything. Yeah, always. But, you know, this is the kind of thing that if it it doesn't need a lot of space and you don't need a lot of time, there is the concept of the HIIT workout, H-I-I-T, which stands for high intensity interval training studies. They're the best ever. (laughs) Time and time and time again have proven and why some athletes are are as uh, as capable and as good as they are is because of HIIT workouts. So the difference between a HIIT workout and a regular, regular like workout. cardio workout. Regular cardio. Whatever. So you might get on the rower and row for 25, 30 minutes. That's a lot of time to be on a rower, uh, but you're going to feel good. You're going to have gotten your heart rate up. And you're going to burn some calories. But there's something different that happens when you, you change intensities right and i don't know the science behind this and yeah, this is one either. of those things i'm content to not really understand it <laughs> right that much. it works and i'm um, just gonna it's do a it. difference between aerobic and anaerobic yeah, exercise apparently so the way a hit workout goes is you row at a, at a comfortable pace and you can do hit workouts on ellipticals you could do a jump rope you can do it pretty much you could even do a hit workout of a set of three motions like push-ups, then jumping jacks, then something else. Right. You can do that yes. and, and then do what Dan is about to say. Great point. Doesn't have to be rowing. Right. You can do it outside. You could go from a slow jog to a sprint. I mean, that that's, right. you could do it on an exercise bike in a Tabata style. It's something where you're just constantly moving at two different intervals. Right. And yeah. one of them is a, a slower, more comfortable interval. And the other one is, uh, the next interval would be uh, the absolute most you can possibly Pushing do. Pushing the physical limits. limits. Yeah. So for example, um, and, and typically you, you work up to being able to do eight right. rounds of this. I think I'm able to do five right now. Mm-hmm. That's good. But uh, I remember when I was stuck at four for a long time. Really? So I was like, I'm going to die. So an example, an example of this would be you do the, the slower. So let's say you go out and you decide you're going to do this um, out uh, as like a jog. So you would kind of jog at a comfortable pace and you would do that for a minute and a half. And then for 30 seconds, you would sprint as hard and as fast as you possibly can, pushing yourself 1000% as hard as you possibly can. And when that 30 seconds is up, don't rest. You don't rest. You go back to the comfortable speed again and you repeat this interval. Yes. You do that. That is one time. That is one time. So you've done that once and then you do that. I try and work up to eight of those. And of course you need to warm up and you need to cool down. Yes. I recommend a three minute warm up two and minute a two cool. minute cool down. Yep. So if I'm doing this on the rower, you get on the rower, you row comfortably for three minutes, then the timer would start. Now there is an app I'll put. Oh into yeah, the, that one's um, a really good app. Actually. It's called Seconds. Seconds. Uh, there is a version called Seconds Pro, but I will put the link to both of them into the show notes 
Um, there it is a free version. Sets one up for you. Yes, there is a free version. Uh, but then when you want to like customize, I think I just have the free because yeah. I don't really need to do anything extra. This works for other things like meditation and yoga. You can customize every single aspect of this. You yeah. can have it assign a different song to a different interval if you're doing longer intervals. I mean, you do whatever you want. But the point is, this really helps you because it'll kind of beep and count you in and count you out of things. But what's also really interesting with a HIIT workout is it oh, gives you a boost uh, in your metabolism big time. and fat burning big time. things, not only the same day that you do the workout, but up to 24 hours after the workout as well. So it's it's a really good way to just keep your... And if you do one, what do they recommend? Three... Three to four two to two to three times, times a week, week is yeah, typically. They, it's not like an everyday thing where you're gonna be like, I'm gonna shred. I mean, you could do it, and also they say that it should be anywhere from a total of ten minutes to a total of forty minutes. But any any more than that, you start to get a little. I think the Olympic athletes are doing it for forty minutes. So, right, start with ten. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm I'm gonna put a couple articles. These are from a uh, wonderful doctor, Doctor Merkula. Oh, yeah, uh, this is a good one. I'm putting two articles in there. One of them actually talks about how um, how uh, like marathon running is, is really bad for you and running, running jogging, tre- regular jogging, like, lo- like people doing 5K all the time. That's also really bad for you. Um, but it, mostly these articles talk about the benefits of, 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 of working hit. on it. Yeah. So what I'll do is at three minutes warm up, then rowing comfortably for a minute and a half, then all out a hundred percent everything i can do as if you're pulling a car right (laughs) you're supposed to be they say you're supposed to be sweating profusely probably grunting and feeling (laughs) like you could not when that 30 second beep happens you you should feel like there is no possible way you could have done one more if you're not doing it at that level for those 30 seconds you're not doing a hit workout yeah um and doing just intervals where you do 20 you know 30 seconds hard 30 seconds calm 30 seconds hard that's good but it's not it's as some, good right. as this they they've they've mastered it and i don't know what it is um but i'll tell you what with power the, tens are good too power tens are good too if you're doing something that requires um i don't know how to do say it like 10 of something mm-hmm. during your the high intensity part yeah if you can't do 30 yeah, google seconds google power tens power i think tens it's called too but the the main takeaway from this is you're going to probably be able to do either between six and eight intervals per workout in about 15, maybe 18 minutes. Right. That's, that's your all total we're talking workout. about. Under 20 minutes, three times a week. This will revolutionize and change your entire life because what it'll do is it'll revitalize you. Right. You. you don't have to be like, oh, I should go to the gym for an hour. You don't today. need a like, gym. You, don't need you can that. do this. Yeah. Just put on a pair of running sneakers and you can do it. You yep. can do it with, uh, like Hattie said, jump with rope, a jump rope anything, and other, like it. Or just, pu- like I said, push it. Like if you want to do like uh, burpees or mm. push ups or, you know, like um, like little sets of things, you can look it up. It's great. They, they, they it's have, great to do it. But if you my, type in hit workouts, they'll give you a whole different thing. My point is, Doing something like this, whatever kind of thing you do, it'll make you feel better. It'll make you look better. You will sleep better and you'll feel better. And integrating something like this into your day every single day. A lot of mornings and I wake such up. a short amount of time too. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like being on the rower for doing HIIT workouts. I also do, um, I'll, get, I'll get on and I'll row for just a 20, 25 minute block mm-hmm. uh, or 30 minutes sometimes. 
uh, where I won't be doing hit workouts. I'm only doing hit workouts two or three times a week and I work out, you know, two or three times a week. So there's always a couple days where I'll just be able to fit in like a slower day um, where I'll just row. But you're still getting your activity. But I'm still doing something and it makes you feel very, very, very different. And so I highly recommend it. After my hit workout, I, I get like super, I come home and I'm like, I got to clean the whole house. Like it just, it, it gives me <laughs> a lot of energy. You. Yeah. Well, you know what else is going to energize you, Hattie? What? Linode.com. Oh my gosh. I love Linode. Me too. We host everything on Linode. Many of you are familiar with the podcast hosting and analytics platform that I have uh, built uh, that has been up and running for a while now as many, many customers, hundred, hundreds and hundreds of customers, not quite thousands yet, but we'll we're, get there. we're working on it. Uh, that entire infrastructure hosted on Linode, all the five by five stuff hosted on Linode, everything I do hosted on Linode. They are a hosting company with high performance Linux servers for any, pretty much anything that you need. They have it all lightning fast servers all up in the cloud. They're VPSs, virtual private servers. So you get a full server set up and configured just the way that you want it with the operating system of your choice. They're on a 40 gigabits per second network. They've got automated backups, node balancers, managed services. If you need help, you want them to run it for you, they'll do it. If you want to do it yourself, they've got step-by-step guides to doing pretty much everything. A very simple but very powerful control panel, which has long view and all the other graphs that you need to see exactly what's going on with your servers at all time. You can reboot them. You can get emergency access to them. You can clone them. I mean, you name it. 99.9% uptime, 24-7 support experts and all the tools you need to get the job done right the first time. And now they offer servers with two gigabytes of RAM for only $10 per month. 400,000 customers using Linode, including us. And it's easy to get started. You just pick one of the data centers. They've got eight across America, Europe, and Asia. And that, they have a one gigabyte plan for only five bucks. Isn't that awesome? And high memory plans start at 16 gigs for $60 a month. So you can do pretty much whatever you want. Now, I'm going to give you $20 credit on a new account. Here's where to go. Promo, promo.linode.com slash quit. Let me say that again. Promo.linode.com slash quit. You go there, you get $20 on your new account. Linode is spelled L-I-N-O-D-E promo.linode.com slash quit. Go check it out. We appreciate their support, our ongoing support, and everything that, uh, that I do. They're there. Let's see. I think I had one last thing, Hattie. I know we're going long now. Well, I was going to say, last thing I was going to say about uh, Ben Franklin and his, um, his, his, Schedule. his day. Yeah. Uh, I think that if you went to, you know, maybe you don't, you can't go on a walk or you don't want to go, maybe you don't live in a place that might, be very conducive to going on a walk for an hour or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I would, what I would do is sometimes I would, I would come home and just sit on my porch, you know, without my phone, with the, with bad out distraction there. Distraction free. Distraction free. And just, you know, listen, listen to the birds. And I mean, I'm also really good at just sitting and doing nothing. That's, uh, I'm very good at that. Uh, but, you know, and like I'll tend to my plants outside and things. And that's my recharge time. That's my time when I'm not looking at a screen because pretty much from, 
you know, 6.30 in the morning until 6. I'm staring at some sort of device. <laughs> I mean, it's, I love the idea of getting that recharge. That should be the title. Recharge. Recharge. Well, the other thing that I had, Hattie, wasn't as any good. We, we've done better. Oh. So we don't need it. Yeah. So you want to you wrap it up? Yeah, we can. We have to. We're over an hour. Yeah, we We're are. We're almost hour 15 here. That's true. And we can only ask so much of our listeners if we want them to recharge. You know what? What? We're, we're giving them a chance. Instead of 20 more minutes or whatever we would do, this is your recharge time. Right. Whatever you're doing. What should they do? They should even stop. Even if they're in the middle of a meeting, just scream out, I have to stop now. And then you go and you recharge somewhere. Go take a walk. Go sit on your porch with bat. Walk go, through the office. Go, go through, do a hit workout. You know, ride the elevator. I don't know. Run some stairs. Yeah. Just don't roll an ankle. Yeah, be careful. That's all we got for you. Again, the show notes and links to all the articles that we mentioned are at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 110. You know, I haven't told people this. We have sponsors on the show, but a yes. lot of people, they, they skip through the ads. Which is stupid because well, it's all right. they're so cool. They are cool ads, but it's all right if they do. They skip through the ads or they listen to them and they say, you know what? I don't care because they don't apply to me or I'm already a customer. I already signed up for all these services, but I love Dan and I love Hattie. Uh, how can I help the two of them? How can I make sure they can afford to stay in business? Uh, You can go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Contribute could be a dollar. It could be a dollar per episode. It could be $10, whatever you feel is fair per month to contribute to us. Every little bit helps. And I'll tell you what, the Patreon folks are the best and you guys are, are doing wonders for us. So if you're already a donor, thank you. Uh, but if you haven't, please consider, especially if the ads don't apply to you or if you skip them, shame on you. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Please do consider giving uh, whatever you feel is fair. It support, Even if it's a dollar, it supports us and it really, really does make a difference. So uh, we appreciate that. You can find Hattie on Twitter. She's at Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. And all my other accounts. I've tried to unify them. Now. Yeah. And I'm at Dan Benjamin anywhere. And, uh, anywhere and that's and it. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>